Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Football Live, Nick Saban, once again, the highest paid football coach at a public university. Alabama's Board of Trustees has approved a one-year extension and a raise for Coach Saban. The deal runs through February 2030 and will pay him an average of $11.7 million per year. The Washington Huskies have their QB1 Indiana transfer, Michael Penix Jr. He started 17 games for Indiana before transferring to Washington this year. He won the job over sophomore Dylan Morris, and Washington opens the season with Kent State. Marshall running back Rashin Ali, who tied the FBS lead last season in rushing touchdowns, is stepping away, taking some time away from the team. He will miss the start of the upcoming season. Coach Charles Huff said in a statement, there is no timetable on Ali's return. We have returned, and we say hello to College Football Live with Joey Galloway and Greg McElroy. I'm Wendy Nix. We have college football on Saturday, our final week leading up to a new season. So we're crunching the numbers one last time and going conference by conference. And today we take a look at the ACC. In particular, we talk quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, the ACC has five returning QBs who ranked top 25 in total QBR among Power Five quarterbacks last season. In fact, the only conference with more is the SEC, which has six returners who ranked among the top 25. It leads us to this, Greg. Does the ACC have the best stable of quarterbacks in the country? You can make the argument they do. I'm not sure you can make an argument against it, Wendy. Uh, I think when you look at the Big Ten, there's depth, there's quality in the Big Ten. The SEC, very similarly, has a lot of really good players. But the ACC has six or seven guys, and that's not including Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, who's out indefinitely right now, that can completely take over the game. Jordan Travis is a guy that was not listed. He's at Florida State. His growth and development in the last three quarters of the season last year was on display. Devin Leary has a chance to potentially be an All-America, maybe an outside chance if he pulls off some big upsets to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Brennan Armstrong in Virginia, the guy is absolutely money. Now, the defense struggles for Virginia, but for the most part, the offense is terrific. So you look at scattered throughout the league, I mean, with the upside that could be there as well, because of the underperformance of DJ Ui Angolale. Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech's a talented player. This is a really solid league, Joey, from top to bottom. And there's a lot of guys that have different skill sets. Some guys stay in the pocket and throw it. Some guys have great athleticism, like at Syracuse or like at Louisville and other places like that. So I think it's an excellent league, a diverse league, with a lot of really quality pieces at quarterback. You know, I agree with most of what you said, Greg, I, but I, it's interesting to me what the SEC could look like. Uh, Hendon Hooker in his second year under Heupel at Tennessee could put up big numbers. You add Spencer Rattler now over at South Carolina. Everyone wants to see, can he bounce back to the guy that going into last season, he was leading for the Heisman race. So the SEC could get interesting when, when, you, when you look at 
what they have from a depth perspective. It's not as quite as, as deep as the ACC going into the season, but there are some pieces in the SEC that could turn out to be a lot better uh, than we think going in. Obviously, when you start with Bryce Young, uh, that puts you ahead of the crowd. Uh, that, that is maybe the best in the entire country, but there are some guys under that that could do some big things and change you know, the narrative of the SEC quarterbacks. Listen, when you look at the ACC as a whole and you talk about who's won the conference, there's been one dominant team over the over recent history until last year, that is. Take a look. Pitt, of course, won the ACC title last year, snapping Clemson's streak of six straight conference titles. But according to our friends at Caesars, the Panthers only have the fourth shortest odds to repeat as champions. They fall behind Clemson, Miami, and NC State. Uh, listen, Joey, are folks sleeping on Pitt in their, uh, in their enthusiasm about the return of the Clemson Tigers? Um, I don't know that we're sleeping on Pitt, but anytime you lose your quarterback, uh, Kenny Pickett, who goes to the NFL, uh, you lose your top receiver, Jordan Addison, uh, that goes to USC, I think we sort of want to wait and see. We just talked about how good the quarterback play will be in the ACC this season. And we know Pitt had a terrific season. Everyone's expecting uh, Clemson, who won 10 games last season, to be a really good football team. So I don't know that we're sleeping on Pitt as much as we're saying we want to wait and see what this team looks like when you lose the kind of pieces that they lost. Uh, it's kind of tough to say that they will be one of the favorites, but that's not counting them out because defensively they'll be really good on that defensive line and they have a chance to be a really good football team. But we're going to find out early with this team with West Virginia and Tennessee right off the bat. We're going to find out where Pitt is. Well, I love this team, and it's partly because this Pitt team, albeit might be without some bells and whistles that they had a year ago. We already referenced Kenny Pickett. He's almost impossible to replace. You referenced Jordan Addison, who's excellent, now going to be at USC, the Bolitnikoff winner from a year ago. But great football teams are built from the inside out. Both lines of scrimmage have a chance to be the best in the league on their respective side of the football. They bring back all five along the offensive line. That group grew by leaps and bounds throughout the course of last season. Now they're going to be tasked with having to actually run the football every once in a while, which is going to be interesting. A little bit different from what they did last year, but I think the offensive line is probably going to ready that challenge that they're going to get from their new offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti. And then on the defensive side of the football, you referenced it, Joey. Kalijah Kansi's an All-American. I think Baldonado's got a chance to really take a step forward here in his final year. And then Alexander on the other side, you got two great edge defenders and a capable couple pieces there on the interior as well. So I think this group in the front seven defensively, especially along the line of scrimmage, that's what gives me a lot of faith in them being able to repeat what they did last year. Listen, I agree with Joe. It's sort of hard to sleep on a team who won the conference last year, even though we have a departing quarterback, and we'll know a lot more in those first few weeks of the season. So if it's not Pitt, then, Greg, give me an ACC sleeper team. Well, I think there's about seven teams in this league that are sleepers, by the way. This league, <laughs> alongside the Big 12, to me, are the deepest as far as potential championship contenders. I think Louisville is the team that I'm going to pick right now, partly because of the momentum that's been picked up here in the offseason. Am I reading the tea leaves a little bit, perhaps, given the recruiting class that Scott Satterfield and his staff are starting to put together? But I look at where they were last year, and I look at their quarterback position more specifically – and I look at what Malik Cunningham could potentially do under new offensive coordinator Lance Taylor. 
Lance Taylor's been at Notre Dame. He's been at Stanford. He understands how to put their playmakers in position to take advantage of matchups. They have good speed. They have good athleticism. I think they'll get back to running the football with a little bit more efficiency. And if Malik Cunningham can hit a throw or two downfield that he missed last year, that could be 7, 10, 14 points a game that could be made up if he's more consistent on that side of the ball, Joey. Yeah, I like Louisville also, and I think the key there is Malik Cunningham hitting some of those throws down the field that he couldn't do. So that's a lot to ask for a quarterback to get better at that if your team's going to race to the top of the ACC. Uh, but I'm going to go with Miami. I agree that when you talk about the ACC, it's, it's a deep conference, and it's Clemson's conference as we always look at it. And then you think, who can unthrown Clemson? Pitt did it last year. I look at Miami. They're an interesting team to me. When you look at Mario Cristobal coming down to Miami, leaving Oregon, which was a huge surprise to me, but quarterback Tyler Van Dyke uh, got nine starts last season, and we've always looked at this Miami team as a talented football team, but when can they get over the hump? This might be their season. Man, it's a, I, I'm so proud of how bold you're going to be this year. If this is a sign of things to come, we're in a great spot here on the Tuesday edition of College Football Live because you just chose a team that, according to our very own FPI, at ESPN is ninth in college football. They're a sleeper team. They're in the top 10 in the FPI, and they're projected to win nine games. And now you're calling them a sleeper? <laughs> Come on, Joey. I, I thought we're going off the grid yeah, here I, I like, when we're picking I, our I sleepers. Do, I'm I picking love, a team projected to win six. You're picking I, one to win nine. Yeah, that's that's great. I like the way you're leaning on the FPI. I know we we, we as analysts, we love that good old FPI and, and, and predicting right, things. Right, where's all David Pollock when you need him? We all believe it's Clemson. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We all believe it's Clemson's conference in the ACC, just like the Big Ten is Ohio State's conference. If anybody else wins, it's a surprise. I'm going Miami. All right, listen, there's, there's no time like the present for bowl predictions, and I would agree. I feel like we lead on that FBI when it's convenient, when it works for us. We try, you know what? Let's not let the numbers get in the way. Uh, regardless, we'll know soon enough. Again, some early tests for Miami as well. Uh, we're going to look more closely at the win totals, not only for Miami, but for a number of other teams in the ACC. We'll queue up these teams, and we'll talk about the number over-under, including the Clemson Tigers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. About to go out here and get this work. <laughs> we got to do what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? Last workout of the week, man. We're going to attack it hard, man. We're not really worried about too much. Each week, we have a team run, um, and that's like the hardest workout of the week. Last workout of the week, how you feel? Uh, good. Tired. And we get outside, and everybody's trying to figure out what's going on, what's going on, because something just doesn't seem right. right bring it up, bring it up. Hey, now. Bring it up, bring it up. What's that? Wait a second. Wait a second. And I was like, I don't see no time or the lights lit on the field. And I was like, okay. Well, that is we, we actually might not be doing a run. Hey. 
Coach Dorn, he surprised us, and we had like a little field day type type thing with a water slide and water balloons. Oh, hey, we're back water park, man. <laughs> we going on Gibby. You ready? Oh, Gibby, here. As a college football player, we're so consumed by it every day, and I feel like as a team, we need some of those lighthearted moments to just bring out the best in us. Looks a lot easier than it is, huh? That's not baseball, team. Wolfpack water park in our lives. Although all I could think was don't get hurt. Do not get hurt, guys. Uh, as we return here on College Football Live, we're going to do a little over and under. Where else would we start except for NC State? Of course, all of these numbers brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. And Joey, I'll start with you. The Wolfpack over under eight and a half wins. I'm going to go over. I think they start their season at 4-0 before they travel to Clemson, which could be their their first loss of the season, but I think it is the key to any season is the way you start. And if they can start off with 4-0 with this schedule, then they go to Clemson, then Florida State, Syracuse, Virginia Tech. I see eight and a half wins on this schedule for Devin Larry and NC State. I think, I think they'll be rolling at home. I feel good about that. But they need to be really careful week one. We've seen them live the bad teams in week one in seasons when they've had expectations. Remember when they lost to South Carolina a couple years ago? ECU. That'll be ECU Super Bowl. So be careful there. Be careful on the road at Syracuse. You know you're going to go and play well against Clemson. That's to be expected. They're going to get their best that week. They're going to try to peak that week. But the games that you got to be careful of when you're NC State are the teams that you're better than. You got to guard against them, letting their expectations down, letting their preparation dwindle. So the game at Syracuse, game at Louisville, those are the ones that scare me. The game at Clemson, I feel great about, and the game against North Carolina, I feel great about. But man, the games that scare me are ECU. I know people will say you're crazy. I'm just saying I know that rivalry, ECU, and then Syracuse. Those are the two scary games to me that could certainly put them under the number. But I like with Joey, I like the over at eight and a half. All right, interesting. Not the prevailing theory, but it works. I, I hardly need to ask you, Joey, about Miami since you made it clear how you feel about the Hurricanes, but uh, also uh, a win total over under eight and a half. I'm going over with Miami. I, I think they'll be a much better football team. Uh, I, I think that they should start their season at least three and one. At the end, they go to Clemson and then have Pitt at home. Uh, which could decide the Coastal. So if Miami gets things rolling before they roll into those last two games, I'm going with the over. I feel comfortable that they'll get at least nine wins. I'm with you, Joey. I'm taking the over here, too. And I think they'll actually get it with relative ease. Yeah, the game two, Texas A&M in week three will be a difficult one, but that'll be a good gauge. How far away is this team at that point? They get North Carolina at home to Virginia Tech. I don't think Virginia Tech's quite ready at this point. At Virginia, they'll have to score a lot of points in that game, but I think they'll be comfortable at that point. 
playing against a team that they really should have beat last year. They lost that game, but I think that revenge will be on the mind of the Miami team. So I think at Clemson will be tough at the end, and Pitt at home will be tricky too. But for all intents and purposes, I think 9-3, and 10-2 and two is very real. Tough way to end the season, of course, so uh, as you mentioned, with both Clemson and Pitt, but perhaps they're hitting their stride by that point. All right, Joey, speaking of Clemson, how about the Tigers over under at 10 and a half? I'm going under. I think I think they'll get to 10. We even talked about Clemson like like they died last year and they got to 10 wins. And I think they get back to 10 wins this season. In the middle of that schedule, uh, they have eight at Wake Forest and NC State back-to-back. And then later in the season, they go at Notre Dame. So I'm going to go with about 10 wins for Clemson, but I would not be surprised if they do get to 11. Uh, I'm actually taking the under here as well. I, I don't love the narrative surrounding Clemson right now. I think Clemson's the team that's better when they are disrespected, but right now they're sitting at number four in the country after a very disappointing year. That's the opposite of disrespect. So I think that there's still questions around their quarterback spot. I think there's questions with having to replace both coordinators. So I'm going to take the under, thinking that 10-2 and two is probably the most realistic setup, and it is an ever-improving ACC group from top to bottom. Listen, it is interesting that, and I'm guilty that we talk about Clemson bouncing back after a year where you mentioned, Joey, they had 10 wins, uh, but of course saw Pitt break their six consecutive streaks of winning the conference. We'll see. Uh, we are now just four days away, believe it or not, for getting our first glimpses of both UNC and Florida State. We'll look at some final questions for both these teams when we come back on College Football Live. on Saturday, the 17th annual MEAC SWAC Challenge. Howard against Alabama State in Atlanta. Our celebration of the HBCUs begins at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Drake Bay will be the team's starting quarterback on Saturday when UNC opens against Florida A&M. The May last name, quite familiar to Carolina fans. Brother Luke was a four-year hoops player when UNC won the title in 2017. Here's Mac on the decision to start Drake. We just felt like Drake should walk out there first. Both of them did really, really well. And they, there's just very little difference between the two. And, and again, if, if one quarterback is not moving the ball, we'll put the other one in. We've done that in the past. We just don't have a plan other than you're scoring touchdowns, you stay in. You're not, we're going to give them each one a chance. But if you're moving it, you stay in. If you're not, let the other guy win. So, Joey, the Tar Heels begin the post-Howell era. What do you expect from UNC and their quarterback play this season? We've been talking all offense when it comes to North Carolina the past few seasons, and, and, and Mac Brown's a friend of mine, and I uh, joke with him if they would play a little bit of defense – uh, they have a chance to win a lot of football games. You can bring in Charlton Wharton, Warren as your defensive coordinator, bring in Gene Chiswick, come over to get the defense right. I think this team has to get some stops. They were 6-7 and seven last season. After starting the season as a top-10 football team, we expected to win a lot of games. We expected them to win because we expected them to just outscore everybody. 
but defensively they've been so bad that it's tough to win football games even when you score 50 points. I expect this defense to be better. They lose some pieces, but I always say, you know, when you're a bad football team, it doesn't hurt to lose some pieces. So this North Carolina team has to get better on the defensive side. They sh should start the season 3-0. Uh, before they hit a bye week, and then they go to Notre Dame. And I think that's what we find. That's when we find out what North Carolina is made of. North Carolina has five quarterbacks on its roster, but none have completed more than 16 passes at the FBS level. Meanwhile, the team we've also talked about that we'll see this weekend, Florida State, they have not produced a winning season since Jimbo Fisher roamed the sidelines in Tallahassee, and most recently under head coach Mike Norvell, things have not gone in the right direction. The Seminoles ranked bottom five in points scored and allowed among ACC teams over the last two seasons while winning just eight games. I'll ask you this, Greg. When does it all come together for Florida State? Well, it seems like this is the year, and I'm not sure there's going to be a choice for Coach Norvell and his staff. They have to put up or shut up, and if it's not the case, then it might not be for them. What I would say, though, is there's an awful lot to feel good about based on how things went last year. If you look at how they performed down the stretch, you got to feel like things could have gone real sideways after an 0-4 start. But what did this team do? They rallied the troops. They all got together, and they started playing pretty good football down the stretch. They at least gave themselves a chance against the likes of Clemson. That game got sideways at the very end, but it was really close up until the very end as well. You look at how they played even for a certain even for a certain amount of time against Miami. I thought that was an impressive win. At Boston College, an impressive win. This team showed guts last year, and they bring back a decent amount of pieces. Yes, they're really going to miss their two defensive linemen and Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. Those guys will be difficult to replace. But very few teams have gone to the portal with as much intensity as Florida State and brought in key pieces that were difference makers and impact players elsewhere. So I am cautiously optimistic this is the year, especially given how they played down the stretch defensively and the pieces that they can, might be able to plug and play at wide receiver on the offensive side of the football. Well, no time like the present. As you mentioned, it's about that time. Let me put it this way. We'll see both these teams this weekend, clearly not against each other. But if I had to say, or you had to say, more wins, UNC or Florida State this season, who would it, what would it, that be, Greg? Uh, I would lean just ever so slightly in favor of North Carolina. The reason, not because of, the, not because of really the personnel on the team, but the division. Uh, Carolina plays in the Coastal. It's a much more gettable division than the Atlantic, and I think the non-conference games that Florida State has to play, one against LSU, one against Florida, those are very difficult games on the schedule. Joey? I think North Carolina starts this thing off 3-0, and and Florida State has LSU in their second week. So I think when you begin a season with teams that you're not quite sure about, it's how you start a season to gain some momentum. I think it'll be easier for North Carolina to gain that momentum early on in their season. And like Greg said, I just don't feel great about what I've seen out of Florida State. They've been up and down. they got to get some consistency. All right, guys. Well, uh, ready or not, here they come. Because, again, it's opening weekend. We'll have a full slate of games, of course, the following weekend uh, on Labor Day weekend. We'll be back to continue our push through these conferences tomorrow. We'll see you back here on College Football Live as we get ready for a new season. See you then.